Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. No, my wife doesn't have social media, so <laughs> I, she, doesn't know about, she doesn't know about the tweets. And hello and welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I think that's how Chester starts the podcast. Chester was here. We have a guest. We're violating our no guest rule. We started the episode and then Chester literally disappeared. He must have gotten a call from somebody at work or something and he left the room and he said, wait for me. And he didn't give me time to say, no, I'm not waiting for you, Chester. We have a guest. He's waiting. He carved out 32 minutes of his incredibly precious time. I'm guessing. I don't know. He might not have a job. I don't have a job. And it's 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 moderately pressing. Okay. You know. <laughs> uh on on my anniversary no less, on my 15th anniversary, I my wife is begging to hang out with me. She's saying, "Let's go, let's go out to dinner. Let's go on a, a, a an overnight trip." And I say, "No, I got to do a podcast." It people are saying, "Wait, is it true that you asked your wife if she wants to go after your anniversary?" She's like, "Nah, whatever you want." And uh people are saying that, but it's not true. No, there's no way. There's no way. This is the greatest gift you could be giving her yes. right now is some time alone. Yeah. So I have seen her for maybe 10 seconds total today. Her, my anniversary present was that she went camping with the children last night without me. She went with her brother uh, and his girlfriend and my four children. But I got to stay home and I uh, I went out to a couple restaurants and I said, I'm going to like buy myself food for a few days and then ate it all immediately. Uh, today, I'm, I was like starving because I, li- I bought like an obscene amount of food. So I never had to leave the house again and uh, managed to finish it like 12 hours before I intended to. Um, we call that a win. A do win. you uh, – you're married, right? I am. Do you do anniversary presents? No. No. I don't th- do people Our still do that? I don't know if people still well, do that. I don't know. I, I mean – well, it seems weird. It seems weird because it's like it's both of your day. We yeah. Our anniversary is the 4th of July. So that's like always sort mm-hmm. of a So day it's America's off, so Day. Yeah. It's America's Day. By so we share Sam. it. Mm-hmm. No, so we, we always just go out to eat. That's our that's our anniversary gift to each other. We go out somewhere. Yeah, I know. That's or, normal. You go out. You go out. That's fine. Yeah, but, but you don't need it. You don't need it. I feel like it's weird. You're also, you're it's, also for your anniversary going out and spending way more money than you spend on a normal night. So like you're already spending something that night. Like yeah, a, a, that's you, like the present. You, like go to a restaurant yeah. that you wouldn't go to on a normal Tuesday night. Exactly. And you get a babysitter and you do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That, well, I don't have to, to me, pay for a babysitter. Not to brag, but I've been married for so long. My kids are old enough to babysit themselves. Oh, well, in America, I think you have to be like 21 to. No, you don't. That's insane. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking. 
I don't know. I live out in the West Coast. Everyone takes it very seriously. Yeah, like, I'm sure. No, no. You, do you understand there's like babysitting classes? They like kids take like babysitting classes. Maybe like California should secede if that's true. This is Washington State. So I know, but I they get all their Washington and Oregon all get all their ideas from California. That's what it says on the tagline on our on our license plates. What we have all of our ideas from California. Yeah, we took most of them from Cali. Okay, so let's talk about the Bears because we actually could have a real Bears conversation without Chester. Did zero seconds of research. By the way, I'm just warning everyone: you may never hear this because Chester's going to come back and have a temper tantrum that he's not on this podcast. I'm just FYI. For the record, he's, he said five minutes. He yeah, said he'll be back. In he, five and minutes. fine, so we haven't see. even talked about the Bears yet. So no, uh, but he may he may have a freak attack and and say like. But hopefully we'll come back in a half hour and we say we just we couldn't wait. Sorry. Um, so I, I actually spoke to you. I really to do my my cores, which are now have now moved from core eights to core tens. Uh, I reached out to a lot of our fans and you were one of them. So we've already had a little bit of a conversation about the Bears. But just give me a general overview after last year. And we, we've discussed a lot on this podcast about how it's very easy to replicate a great offense. Look at the Patriots and the Saints and the Packers. They've been able to do it year after year after year for a decade. But historically, replicating a great defense, and the Bears have had to do this once or twice in the last uh, you know, 15 years also, is very hard. Because you lose one or two pieces, the whole, the whole thing sometimes crumbles. So what is your status of optimism or pessimism as we enter the 2019 season for the Bears? Oof, that's a, it's a tough one to answer because on you know there's just so much variance with uh, with the league year over year. But mm-hmm. in theory, I mean, you look at this Bears team, and this is a really strong team. I mean, can I say something? I, actually, this I yeah. believe that this is the uh, most similar team to 2019 to 2018 in the NFL. Well, they built this team when you mm-hmm. when you think of how this team was built. This team was constructed for this specific season with a three-year window with last year being year one. Mm -hmm. But this is really the season. Um, The idea is that Trubisky is going to be a little bit better, that they'll have this offense in place. This will be year two of their offense. This will be, um, you know, another year where they haven't had to pay a quarterback, so they still have a lot of their guys. They have a little bit more depth. Um, So everything is sort of lining up very nicely. Last year was pretty awesome. So everyone's really optimistic about the team. Um, I'm really optimistic about it. And as Bears fans, I know that, like, the stats say that there's a lot of that year-over-year defense um, varies quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also a part of me that saw the Bears last decade under Lovey Smith where they might have had some level of variance, but it wasn't like they went from, like, top five to, like, bottom five. No, but if you were – but this was the best defense last year, right? At worst, the second-best defense. And so, if it becomes so, the seventh best, it's still very good. But that's not then. If this has, if this is the seventh best defensive team, you're probably not a playoff team. I don't see that. I don't really agree with. And you're so not that, a contender. That, if this is the seventh best defense, you're not a you're not a title contender. So well, there are a lot of caveats to that. So because what does this um, team do on offense that twenty other teams? Not saying it's a bad offense, but there's nothing here that twenty other teams don't do. Well, it's. I mean, this is a pretty deep offense when you actually look at it. The problem is Trubisky, or the solution is Trubisky. So he is the huge question mark, and that's never great when the quarterback is the huge question mark. But if you look at what they can do, their offensive line is is actually very good, and it's pretty deep, which is really important for offensive linemen. When you need you need to be able to have decent backups at every position, and they do. Um, 
And there isn't like one guy where if he goes down, they're a whole offensive. Right. There's not really a star. There's a lot of solid players. The the left tackle, a lot of people don't know. Leno Jr. is good. There aren't a lot of Pro Bowl level guys. The in, the interior, white hair, Daniels, Kyle Long is new here, right? And Bobby Mann. No, Kyle 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 Long has been around forever. He's done. He's the veteran. Um, Kyle Long, however, a lot of people are a little bit worried. He's gotten in two fights here, in the past week. Oh, because his position, because Kyle Long has shifted around okay, on the off the go. line so much. Um, but last year he went back to right guard, which was his original position, and he was fantastic. But he's not like the only. He's not their only piece on the offensive line. It's there's a lot of depth and there's and nobody it's again, nobody's like amazing, but everyone's good, which is what you need. Um and then they have versus I think with you know, when you think of Trey Cohn, he's someone who's very versatile. You could do a bunch of different things with. He's gonna get several, probably like seven to ten carries a game at, and he's gonna catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. David Montgomery is a guy they added who they want to do more of the Kareem Hunt role. Um, in If you think of the KC offense, he's going to catch more balls. How does um, Riley Ridley look? Because so because you guys traded Mac, and I think you made a second trade, you didn't have a first-round pick. I don't even think you had a second-round pick. If we I didn't have correctly. a first or second-round pick. So, uh, second so round the, pick your is, draft is really Riley Ridley and Montgomery. Yes. So then and, and, Montgomery people know about, but I have heard nothing about Riley Ridley this offseason. How does he look? Um, I mean... The thing is, is that they don't, the Bears really believe in not playing any of their real dudes uh-huh. during the preseason. So everything is like this, um, sort of this training camp hearsay. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like people are into weems or uh, like are into whims a little bit more than they are into Riley. Yeah, Ridley. he's ahead of Riley Ridley on the depth chart now. So this may be a, a redshirt season for Riley Ridley. That's what I think you okay. can safely expect. Um, it's, it's one of these things where you look at what the bears are doing on, um, with their drafts. And I understand the idea that you need to trade dudes to get Khalil Mack. And I'm fine with trading picks to get a guy like Khalil Mack. What I'm not fine with is David Montgomery might be very good, but they did this now two years in a row where they have identified a skill position offensive player last year with two years ago with Anthony Miller last draft with David Montgomery. And mm-hmm. so they trade up in the draft and sacrifice picks that they don't really have. Yeah, it's a lot so, of capital. And and also you drafted Cone, so that's, you know, it's a lot of capital on running backs. It's a lot of capital on running back, but it's also like what are you doing trading up to get a running back when you don't have a lot of picks? Yeah. I understand that that's the guy you want, but think about how different this team would look. Now, this is the most apples to apples comparison, and this is really the saddest part and where my pessimism seeps in with this team. And it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that they're not Super Bowl contenders. They are. But when you look at the the biggest move that this team has made, and that is drafting Mitch Trubisky in with the two pick a couple years ago, and they traded up because they thought they were competing with Kansas City, which they were, to try to get that number two pick. Because Kansas City wanted the quarterback and the Bears wanted the quarterback. Yeah. They were sacrificed an additional third been, round pick. Could have been that. stuck with Pat Mahomes. We built this team. The Bears built this team the exact same way. They would have built this team the exact same way with Trubisky or Mahomes. The, the idea is that they could have the exact same team with 
um, Mahomes as the quarterback instead of Trubisky. They would have built this team yeah. the exact same way. Well, they would have the, only, the, the good news players. is you'll spend 15, the, the, you know, Jets still talk about that way with uh, Dan Marino from 1983. So you'll spend the next 30 years just uh, talking about that. Now, there was an article that came out yesterday. I know this isn't going to air today or tomorrow, but there was an article that came out in Sports Illustrated about this whole kicker scandal, basically, that's been going on with the Bears, where they've turned this into, like, an obsession. Of well, yeah, Matt kicker. Nagy has gone crazy, basically. Well, I don't know if that's true. I think that it's all, this is my personal opinion, and this isn't necessarily a good thing. I think it's all smokescreen to sort of take some of the heat off of Trubisky, and it's worked. Because mm-hmm. if you watch that playoff game from last year again, in the first half of that game, Trubisky was awful. And he's the reason why we lost the game. It wasn't because we missed a 43-yard field goal. We should have blown out that Eagle team. Yeah, They had a terrible secondary. And the only reason why Trubisky picked it up in the second half was because he got hurt and he couldn't scramble, which had been his default. So he had to actually throw to guys. And Allen Robinson was fantastic in that game. And if you look back, there were probably three or four balls that should have been picked in the first half of that game. Like Mitch Trubisky needs to be better. And this team isn't going to win or lose based on the kicker. They're going to win or lose based on the quarterback. And they've done a really good job of uh, hiding him this uh, offseason and putting the blame on a kicker who isn't there. Um, and so all Bears fans, for the most part, are freaked out about the kicker. when We really should be freaked out about the quarterback. And that's the scary thing about this year. And normally in preseason, you hear like, oh, Mitch Trubisky's looking awesome in training camp. Every report has been the defense is looking awesome in training camp. But the defense is looking awesome in the training camp at Trubisky's expense, which is not ideal. The only thing I've seen from, from you know, Bears writers and stuff is that Trubisky is just having a, an atrocious summer. He, he is. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But that's usually a time when the offense is. By the way, the this defense. is like the Josh Freeman story, like the great year, second year, and then like just collapsing. And it's like, oh, was that a mirage? But, you well, team based mirage. Well, I don't think Trubisky had an amazing. I mean, I think it's nobody really thinks he had an amazing year last year. Statistically, he had some really great games. So you take out that Tampa game where he threw for like 400 yards, six touchdowns, no picks, mm-hmm. and that that greatly impacts the season he had. Um, there were a lot of gifts out there of him just missing wide-open dudes. So the Chester's hope is the, that... Chester, who I think is not here right now... Uh, no, I'm uh, here. Oh, He's Chester here. Chester thinks Trubisky's good. I know that Trubisky's bad. I think Trubisky's good? What are you talking about? I just don't hate him the way that you do. No, he's I not. don't... I can acknowledge I my errors. When we had him like the worst quarterback last year, we were wrong. He's not the worst quarterback. I think that a, a big warning sign, to me at least, was how much he scrambled last year. He's really good at scrambling, and it adds a dynamic to the offense. But there were so many times last year where he took off when he should have been moving through his progressions down the field, and he didn't do it. Um, And so you hope that maybe another year in the offense will work for him. If you remember, he at North Carolina didn't really start playing until his junior year, um, or really, like, he didn't really start playing right away. Um, and that happened also in high school. So you hope, like, maybe it just takes him a long time to develop. He is one of the more raw quarterbacks in the NFL still, even though he's in his third year. It is certainly possible, all things else being equal, that he could still be getting better. Uh, and, and he should be getting better. Mm-hmm. And then you look, I mean, you look at, I mean, Allen Robinson really surprised. I, I should have known that he was very good. 
but mm. I don't think I really appreciated how good he was. But I, I didn't think he had like a great year. Um, I, the thing I was thinking about, like you look at, on, on paper at the Bears receiving core of Robinson, Gabriel, and Miller. You also have Cordell Patterson, but he's, you know, at best going to be, you know, getting uh, sort of the Don't, the I wouldn't passes. even mention Patterson. Um, yeah, Patterson's not He's more really of a returner. But those three guys, and you, you're very whelmed by it, right? Gabriel, Miller, Robinson. But really, all three are, like, slightly above average. Robinson's obviously the best of the three. And there's a lot of teams that don't have that type of receiving core. Plus, you have a little depth. If one of them goes down, you still have two star, starting capable guys. Miller, to me... Uh, I, you need to see a lot of improvement. He was a little unimpressive last year. He he caught a pretty low percentage of the balls thrown to him. Taylor Gabriel, in my opinion, is one of the more underrated players. He has to be the he has to be your third receiver. He needs to be in the slot, but he's a good he's, player. Yeah, he's like the slot slash second wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But it's but I, I even said this last year when you looked at the offense that there's just there's a lot of versatility. It's not just a wideouts because then mm-hmm. you're you can't mention this team without mentioning Trey Burton as a wide receiver threat. Yep. He's a tight end, but yep. that's a guy who's going to be uh, catching a lot of balls. Yeah. Yep. Montgomery and Tariq Cohn should be both catching a lot of balls. They even have uh, um, Mizell. Um, he's like their fourth running back, but he's going to play quite a bit and also catch balls. They're going to be – there's a lot of diversity in the passing game, so you can't really just like lock up on Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson is underrated in terms of what he can do. He's had some pretty mediocre quarterback throwing in the ball over the last couple of years. Um, and so when you think about um, the fact that you really can't shade over a safety to his direction, mm-hmm. he could really shine in this offense. And and Trey Burton too. And and Adam Shaheen is another guy who's a guy who can catch the ball in the goal line, but he's never been able to stay healthy. Yeah. So you can always, you know, maybe this is the year he stays healthy and he catches balls. They have really interesting options I think something um, that also worried me last year was just watching them in the red zone. They they found ways to score um, by using a lot of trick plays in the red zone because they just didn't. It seems it's like not a they good didn't sign. Trust. That's a sign yeah, that they don't it, trust their quarterback at all. I've, as a Jets fan, I've seen this for twenty years. Yeah, and it and it was the right thing to do that with a team that was competing for a Super Bowl, and you got to get the ball in the end zone, and you don't just like have it in Trubisky's arm. And they also had the option of just running it with Jordan Howard. So they did very interesting things. Mm-hmm. And I think the combination of all of those weapons on offense, again, just a lot of above average guys on offense and a really good play caller. I, I thought Nagy did a great job of calling play throughout the year. There were times where people were complaining that the run pass uh, balance was out of sync. But I mean, I think that's just, you know, nitpicking at that point. I think that they did a really good job of hiding a mediocre quarterback. I think that if Trubisky is average, mm-hmm. this team, and 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 if the, I think if he's above average, it seems winning a Super Bowl. I think if he's average. Well, hold on. He was above average last year, and they weren't winning the Super Bowl. Was he? I, I mean, yes. I, I would be hard-pressed. I mean, maybe statistically, but again, there were just games where he really just torched teams. There were guys who were just running wide open. I think the offense was above average. The offense, even according I mean, to his DOA, best games, were against the worst teams, like Tampa like, Bay or whatever. He torched some bad teams where guys just were just streaking wide open, where any quarterback could have torched those guys. I think the big thing with Trubisky is that his floor is higher than Jay Cutler's floor and Rex Grossman's floor. So Bears fans are kind of satisfied with that. <laughs> I know that's a very low bar, yeah, that's but that's praise. what we're working with. All right, it, but. But that matters. And then you look at the defense, and 
They lost some dudes, and they're obvi- they're not going to get as many turnovers than they did last year. It's just it's hard to replicate that when you get so many turnovers. But I think Roquan Smith is going to be their second best defensive player. Yeah, let's let's go to the over. defense for a second. So Hicks, Goldman, Nichols, Mac, Trevathan, Roquan, Leonard Floyd, Fuller, Hawkland, Dix, Eddie Jackson, and the only new guy I believe their whole lineup. Yeah, and the only is, is Amukamara the only new guy on the whole defense? No, he was there last year. Why are these guys in capital? This doesn't make sense. This is why I got this wrong with Kyle Long, too. Oh, Was he in UDFA and they just re-signed him? It doesn't make sense. I'm not sure why he's in capital letters here. Anyway, Mukamara was there. Oh, Screen and Screen is new. He was the Jets nickelback last year. But that's a a big difference because they had Bryce Callahan in that role, and he was phenomenal. Yes. Like, he was really, really good. Best nickel corner in the league, yeah. And, And nickel corners they don't mention them whenever you're looking at a depth chart you don't see nickel corners like listed as starters often except this they're, one they're essential yeah they're starters Fine. now because you play three receivers the majority of the time and you and, don't know and, when they're gonna throw. yeah now i don't know how good screen is i mean i jet fans he's are not like, good he's not good he's that's what i've heard i mean he and gets a lot of penalties that, he'll he gets two penalties a drive well he'll never give up is, any catches but all he'll give up a lot of yards on on penalties yeah well it's easier it's easier to not commit penalties when you got a guy like Khalil Mack going after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so they just don't have as much time to throw. This team in general, this defense is like the ultimate old school, like from my Madden playing days, like my college days. This is the type of defense that I would like. A 3-4 where you get pass rush and you play tight coverage and you just sit in sort of like cover one and cover three and you just hit the quarterback and you pick the ball off. They have a lot of guys who can pick the ball off. Um, they have a lot of guys who commit penalties. I think Ha Clinton Dix is sort of in that category too. And uh, replacing Amos with Taha Clinton Dix is a big drop off. Um, but the hope is that that's mitigated by how good Roquan Smith gets this year. Yeah. I thought he got so much better as the year went on. Um, from my point of view, he looked phenomenal. And so the hope is that he can cover a lot more of the middle of the field as the year progresses and sort of, his rise can sort of negate sort of um, the loss of secondary of, of Amos and, uh, and Callahan. And how yeah. do you feel about Pagano as your DC? Because uh, last we saw him in Indy, he was uh, definitely not impressing. I mean, they don't have to do very interesting things with this defense at this point, right? Like, so I think that having a really strong defensive coordinator matters when you're building a defense, but this is a built defense. So many of these guys are returning. Think of all those starters who are returning, who played all year. Um, there's just a lot of them. There just there aren't that many people who are just coming in and replacing. So a lot of it isn't going to fall on them this year. I think that next year that might be a problem because all of these drafts where we don't have picks, it's going to catch up to them, and they're not going to have the same type of depth that they do. But this year they still have that depth, and they still have a lot of those guys returning. And so, I mean, this is a good D. It's it's hard to screw up this defense, um, as long as Mac is healthy. Yeah. By um, the way, our core looked, our core for the Bears, which uh, which uh, Gleisher helped me with, is we had I had Mac one, Trubisky two. But realistically, if one of them had to tear their ACL tomorrow and be out for the year, I think you'd have to choose Mac, right? It's like yeah. a Sophie's choice. You probably, just, so Trubisky yeah. really should be one, and Mac should be two. Then it's all defense: Hicks, Smith, Fuller, the Eddies, Eddie Jackson, Eddie Goldman, Charles Leno Jr., the left tackle, the receiver Allen Robinson, and Mukamara ten. Uh, it's a pretty strong core. Who do you like better, Eddie Goldman or Eddie Jackson? Tell us about one of them. I mean, Eddie Jackson, it's hard to not love him. He is sort of like um, 
back uh, about 15 years ago, we had Mike Brown in yes. that safety spot who yeah. was always returning balls for touchdowns. Yeah, famous pick. Eddie Jackson, Eddie Jackson has five touchdowns in two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, is, it does seem like the Bears always have some guy who's always, and a lot of times I feel like it's in the in over in overtime also. <laughs> that was Mike right. Brown. Mike Brown was, was always back in to overtime. back, back yeah. to back weeks. I was at I was at yeah. the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, but Eddie Jackson is better than Mike Brown ever was. I mean, he has he has a read on the ball that is better than any safety I've seen the Bears have, and especially when you're getting pressure, that just makes his life much better. But Eddie Goldman is very important. They just don't have the same depth of safety that they do on the defensive line because you can throw in a Jonathan Bullard and throw in um, Roy Robertson Harris. You can throw in a bunch of different guys in there. Akeem Hicks is on that line. There's enough ways that you can compensate for Eddie Goldman going down in ways you can't for a playmaker like Eddie Jackson. But Eddie Jackson's just phenomenal. I think he's he's got to be one of the best safeties in the league at this point. Um, and I wouldn't expect him to necessarily return three balls for touchdowns again, but he can just, he can play. Um, all right. So what's the win total for the bears this year? It's hard to say. I mean, like you say, well, well they won 12, the Vegas win total. Not your oh, the, oh, I think it's, it's nine and a half. Yeah. Um, it's Seems a, a little low. It, it feels low, but then you look and it's just like. But if it was ten, everyone would be betting the under. So this, I think, a lot of people are betting the under. I mean, it was but 10 also now. a lot of people are. <laughs> did you hear this? That that the Trubisky MVP odds went from two hundred fifty to one to fifty to one because so many people are just hitting the Trubisky. MVP. Well, I think what happened was uh, Mahomes last year. I think was eighty to one, and then after that, ha- or, or sixty five. I forget what it was. Someone in our uh, Facebook group bet on Mahomes uh, and celebrated with some uh, some you know. He had a fun time, I'm sure. Uh, the well, what do what do you know? We can edit this out. No, it's a joke. It's a joke because it's the same guy who said we should go to Minnesota and do the and have hookers and cocaine. Um, uh, okay, I believe. Oh, so uh, we know what he did. What he yeah, about. I'm sure. Uh, uh, so, On the Lake Minnetonka tour. Yeah, so uh, maybe so, he can ask Patrick Chung where he gets his coke. Oh yes, Patrick Chung just uh, <laughs> arrested or something. So 12 and four last year, they could slip two games and still go over. You would, you would think that. And then you also look at how look at the four losses they had. They didn't really sneak out crazy wins, but somehow they snuck out miraculous losses. They had that loss to Green Bay on opening on the opening Sunday night where they blew a twenty three nothing lead. They had or they or a twenty plus point lead. Um, they had a loss against Miami where they're up ten points in the fourth and they lost it. They had a loss against the Giants in overtime and they had a loss against the Patriots where. Uh, they they completed a hail mary, but one yard. But short. that Giants game, it was kind of a miracle that they got back in it to center. The Patriots game was also a miracle when yeah. you think about it. The Bears, but and then the Eagles game in the playoffs. I mean, those were all winnable games, but they didn't really win any of those toss up games, and they still won twelve games. So when you look at it that way, you're like, oh well, they could, you know, they could win even more. But then you look at it again, and you're like, well, the Vikings will probably be better. The Packers should be better. Um, they have, Lions have extra- to be better, I think. Do they? I, I think mean, so. I'm going to drop I mean, a hot NFC uh, Norris take on you guys. I think all these, all four of these teams, I mean, the top three teams are, are slightly overrated. The Lions are slightly underrated. And I don't love any of these teams. And the Super Bowl winner is definitely not coming from the NFC North. I mean, there's a, at least an 18% chance that you're wrong. But um, I just think, I think that it's going to be hard for an NFC North team to get a bye. And so that makes it hard 
to win a Super Bowl. It's really hard to win a Super Bowl because these playoff games, you know, anybody can win these games as as well, if uh, one of them is good, it's not hard to get a bye. I mean, the other divisions well, have no, the Cardinals if, if and the two Bucks. Of them, but if two of them are good, it is hard to get a bye. I don't, I, 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 don't I don't think there's a chance that two of them are going to be good this year. Like, I mean, I'm not good, good, not nine and seven good. I mean, I, I don't think there's two double-digit win teams in this division. But but when I look at this Bears team, that's a deep team. And if Trubisky is even average, that's a team that should win 11, 12 games. And then you look at the Vikings, and that's a there's no reason to think the Vikings aren't going to be good. If if they have an average quarterback, which they do, no, that's so, their problem is their offensive line and their lack of depth. Yeah, and so yeah, so that's the difference between sort of year three on this arc versus year two on this arc. The yeah. Bears well, are that, in year when you're two. paying twenty eight million dollars for your quarterback, you just you don't have the money to sign depth, and so if anybody gets injured on your defense, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, and the Bears were lucky with with injuries. Now, and they had they had guys miss some games. Eddie Jackson missed the playoff game missed the last few games of the season. Khalil Mack missed a few games. They they had guys miss games, but they were never really in a position last year where they're on their third left tackle or anything like that. And that's really where you get hit. It's not necessarily when you get to the, like the first guys get injured. It's like when those second guys get injured. And they didn't have that last year. So that's a reason to say, well, maybe they won't win 10-plus uh, games. But at the same time, I mean, this is a, a strong roster, and they're pretty deep, and they don't seem like they're one injury away from their whole season just cratering in a way that most teams would be. So I think it's realistic to look at this Bears team as a Super Bowl contender, um, um, especially if the Vikings aren't good. No, the Vikings are good. I just don't think the Vikings are, are a contender. Um, uh, the only, Chester, problem here is we don't know exactly when we're going to bu- I think we're just going to keep talking, and at some point you're going to have to retroactively bomb us. I think we're still like three minutes away or something. Um. All right, so what else? Chess, do you have anything else on the, on the uh, Chicago Bears? Well, I don't want to repeat. I don't want to annoy the listeners. I don't know what happened while I was Well, gone. just guess. Guess. And we'll, we'll hang you guess. if you uh, if, All if right, you so say. did we talk about how Charles Nagy's like, brain has been broken by the kicker situation? Uh, we didn't really well, get Charles into Nagy, it. Charles yeah, Nagy, we didn't talk, talk about, about any Indian pitchers from the 90s. We did <laughs> talk about Matt Nagy. <laughs> Matt Nagy. Uh, but I, don't, but I, I said that I think it's all smokescreen. Yeah. And that it's, he's just I don't know if that was – I, I don't know if we were recording yet. But – um. I, I the the Bears article was really interesting. Everyone should read it. Although I guess it's old news by the time this is coming out. I, one of my takeaways is that Cody Park is clearly a better kicker than any of those guys. They know they just can't bring him back because if he misses another kick, then Nagy gets blamed. Versus before, well, just the kicker got blamed. But also, but, okay. I mean, missing a forty-three well, yarder is not the same as missing yeah. like a twenty-seven. But he missed like he missed walls. six under fifty-yard field goals last yeah. year. Yeah. Here's and also the, here, when you doink, that's honestly that's just bad luck. Okay. Well, right. He hit six uprights during the season he had one game he hit four uprights two on extra points mm-hmm. that's he where he really points. was in trouble yeah then he hit an upright the last week of the season then he hits two uprights at the end of the year i mean the other problem with with uh i and i didn't here's the part about parking that they didn't mention in the article which which was irritating to me so you know when they go to the sideline reporter on the last drive and they say they say well the kicker said he's good from 61 and so that means, like, really 57. Mm-hmm. And so all the kickers now in the NFL are good from, like, 60-plus in yeah. theory. They might not necessarily in practice, hit yeah. Yeah. So then during that last drive, they go they go to – I forget who who was uh, – it might have been, like, Visser. I don't know. remember who it was. Maybe Andrew Mitchell. They're like, we talked to Cody Parker. He said he's good from 53. 
Are you serious? You're good from 53? That's the best you can provide? So it's not that he missed a 43-yarder. It's that... His confidence. Was if so you low. are worried about the quarterback, <laughs> yeah. you need a kicker who is at least capable of hitting a 55-yarder. That's yeah. ridiculous. And it wasn't just one kick. If he just missed this one kick, he could have come back. He was scaring people. He Bears fans were terrified from the minute he started hitting the uprights uh, against Detroit in that one game mm-hmm. when he hit the four uprights. So that already started then. And he did not really improve from that game on. And so... You combine the fact that he's missing. Like, if your peak is 53, you've got to be, like, 100% from under 50. And he wasn't. He wasn't yeah. very good. So, at that point, it sounds like they're overthinking it for sure. But at the same time, their kicker, I don't know. Everyone was like, bring back Robbie Gold, bring back Robbie Gold. But the truth is, Robbie Gold's a guy who they found. And when they found him, it was the middle of the 2005 season, I think. And he was bartending. Like, you can find kickers who just aren't signed randomly. And I know that uh, the Vikings just got a guy and they traded like a fifth-round pick for him. Yeah. It also I seems so – it he, seems so cultish. He's not a good kicker and he's not a good punter. Yeah, it seems, so, it seems so cultish, that article. It's like kickers can't even get rated to go to college unless they pay to go to some camp because that guy's rankings are the only rankings in the country that really matter. So every well, kicker has talk, to go through the camp. What about this talk about how the <laughs> – Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 